You're listening to On the Same Page, a podcast from the Jefferson Madison Regional Library. Welcome back to a new episode of On the Same Page, a podcast from the Jefferson Madison Regional Library System. I'm EJ, here with my co-host, Abby. That's right, I'm Abby. In today's episode, we're sharing how to grow, learn, and connect at all nine branches of JMRL. After that, we have a great interview for you with a local author, Nidra Brown. Stick around to enjoy the rundown. Nidra shared the scoop on what we've been reading, watching, listening to, and learning. You'll get some great recommendations. Now let's dive into what's going on at your local library location these next few weeks. All are welcome to visit the Bookmobile. Monday through Thursday, the Bookmobile has scheduled stops in Abermarle County. Afternoons and evenings, the Bookmobile visits its scheduled stops in Charlottesville. Central is bringing out the arts and crafts materials for teens and adults on Tuesday, June 27th for a casual crafternoon from 1 to 3 p.m. Drop in anytime and craft with us. At Crozet, join us for fun explorations of how Australian Aboriginal people use art to express their relationship with the earth. Learn and then create with the staff of Coral Roo on Tuesday, the 20th at 2 p.m. Gordon is hosting a rainbow party for teens on Wednesday, June 21st with snacks, crafts, games, the button maker and the bubble machine. Get ready to party. At Green, on Thursday, June 29th at 2 p.m., join Roger Day in a musical comic book adventure about superheroes and imagination. You won't want to miss this special event. Louisa has partnered with public schools to present No Kid Hungry, a free nutritious lunch for kids 18 and under during the summer. Check the Louisa Library branch page for more details about dates and times. At Nelson, teens will be able to make a beautiful fold and cut book with decorative hard covers and tied binding, perfect for storing mementos. This is a special summer programming happening Friday, June 23rd at 1.30 p.m. At Northside, join us for a screening of the 2022 documentary, The Lives Between the Lines the powerful film documenting the inspiration for and construction of the Memorial to Enslaved Laborers at the University of Virginia. Afterwards, a panel of descendants of enslaved communities at the University of Virginia will discuss the memorial, their vision and goals for the DEC UVA, and how they honor the legacies of enslaved and free Black communities and their descendants. There will be a Q&A to follow. This is Thursday, June 22nd at 6.30 p.m. Paint sunflowers as a family at the Scottsville Library on Saturday, June 24th at 10 a.m. Enjoying the fresh air and using real sunflowers as models. As always, check the calendar to find more information. We are so excited to welcome Nidra to the podcast. She is a local author, and I was so excited to meet her recently at the Louisa Writing Club that I run. She came for a local author panel. We had a great discussion, and she has agreed to come on the podcast. So if you're not familiar with Nidra, she's going to tell us more about her writing life and her process, and we're really excited to talk with her today. Thank you for being here, Nidra. Thank you for having me, Abby. I'm excited to be here. Um, 
So basically, I am an author. I started officially publishing in 2020. Um, I published my first book, The Diary of Janae Wilkerson, The Descendant of the Pharaohs. And then after that, I went on to publish a few more books after that. Um, I just recently published my first children's book. It's going to be a series, but basically, I, I realized I like to do series. So I don't really know how to do the one and done yet. I'm trying to figure that out. Um, but basically, that's what I pretty much stick to is series writing because that's something that I seem to enjoy. I don't, I seem to not know how to let the story go, apparently. So that's great. I kind of love that though, just like continuation of the story. That's awesome. Okay. So our first question for you, um, Nidra, is uh, what has your experience been like as you're pursuing your dream to write full time? And also, what are some of the most important lessons you've learned? Um, my experience has been kind of chaotic. It has been a roller coaster. Um, I've done a lot of research, and I think my desire to do research has come with a lot of um, ups and downs and just kind of aha moments that I didn't really want, um, but apparently I needed or the universe thought I needed, so to speak. Um, I think one of the biggest lessons that I've learned is just kind of just to follow your process and stick to it um, and always just kind of go over your work and go over things, even when you're working with other people. Um, my first book, The Diary of Janae Wilkerson, I published that in about December of 2020. Um, and I was really excited about the book and I never opened the book after it was published. And I remember my birthday came around and me and my friend were staying at, um, Roslyn Farm, because I usually go there every year for my birthday. And something told me to just open the book because I was so excited, like it's done. You know, I never looked at it. And when I opened the book, I was horrified to see like the edits were not what I needed them to be. And so it didn't really flow the way that I needed it to flow. And I figured that out on my birthday. So it was like the birthday gift that nobody wants as an author, you know. And so I, um, after that, I went through kind of um, having a fear of like trying to hire editors. I hired a few people, paid them, got some edits done. And then after looking over certain things, I still wasn't satisfied and I spent a lot of money. So that's when I started the research process and I just started doing my own editing. And so I've basically been sitting with this manuscript for going almost into year three now. Um, and I'm excited because I'm almost completely done. I've completed all the edits um, and right now I'm just going over the process of having the story read to me because I like the read aloud tool because um, it helps me to hear if it flows while I'm looking at all the edits and everything. And so that book will be available in Barnes and Nobles in a few weeks. But um, I think, you know, a lot of times people say, you know, the worst thing you can do is edit your own work and different things like that. But I have found in my process that if you want something done right, sometimes you have to do it yourself. And I'm a single mom. I'm like, you know, I can't keep tossing money down the drain paying these editors. And so I just decided to learn how to do it myself. And basically, um, I've become a one woman show and I've been doing all of the all of the work myself. The only thing that I don't do is um, the cover development. I basically just put together an outline of how I want my covers to look. And I have been fortunate enough that I've been able to find people via Fiverr that always deliver properly. It's like the book cover is the one, one area where I've been blessed. But other than that, the other areas, it's just like, oh, Jesus, fix it. So, so I decided to fix it because I'm like, I can't keep going down this road. Um, but I can say the editing process has been like one of the, the biggest troubleshooting areas for me as a writer. Yeah, you put in so much work and 
we talked about this a fair amount too when we were talking with the other writers and authors in Louisa. Besides the editing too, which you shared that really sad story about when you opened the book and you expected it to be fully edited and it wasn't at all edited, what a low point. And that I just am so impressed that you've been able to dig in your heels and bounce back from that. What are some of your other biggest challenges that you have either in actively sitting down and writing or publishing, marketing, some of those other pieces of the writing as well? Um, I think the one of the areas that I absolutely despise is the marketing because in a perfect world, it's like, you know, I wish I could just write, do the work and leave it and let it do what it's going to do. Um, But I've learned that, you know, um, being a self-published author, not having that backing that you would have if you had an agent and you were with somebody and you have to do that work, that can be a little daunting because it requires a lot of research. It requires a lot of different approaches. Um, And we do have a lot of great resources like the TikToks and Instagrams and stuff like that. But as much as I have been on social media and I've been trying all those things, I have learned that I absolutely hate it. You know, one of the Um, areas that I have been kind of struggling in the most is the marketing because it's like, you know, we live in a generation where the people that I'm marketing the book to, you know, they want you to be on TikTok dancing and doing all this different stuff. And I have a very fun side. I'm very comical, um, but it's kind of like, it takes a lot for me to loosen up. I'm very shy. And so just um, having to be transparent and be on social media in those ways, it can be a little hard. One of the biggest marketing tools that I've utilized recently is just giving people the book. And I find that I never go wrong with that. I work at a facility and I work a lot. So that's I think that's another thing that kind of gets in my way because I recently opened a business about a year ago. And that has been like a roller coaster up and down, up and down. And then I work literally a full time case during the day. And then I work at a facility at night. And so um at the facility, there are a lot of older people that love to read. And so I've been giving out books and things like that. But recently I came to work because I talk to a lot of people. I just love the older people at my job. and We talk a lot, but you never really know who's really listening or paying attention, you know. And I come to work a few weeks ago and it's really late at night. And one of the guys there, I love talking with him. He is he was a professor, a computer science professor over at UVA. Um, and he was talking to me and I told him a little bit about my journey and everything like that. And so I come in and he says, I want you to turn on the light. And I turn on the light and he says, look over there on the table and girl, I'm mortified because I look on the table and he's ordered a copy of my books, but of all the books in the world, he orders the diary of Janae Wilkerson, the book that has not been edited. And I'm just like, Lord, you know, I can't escape it. He liked the book and he's asking me about it. And so I share with him the story. And so he actually had purchased the copy for his granddaughter. And so then a few weeks later, I come in and he's talking about me to everybody. He's like, you know, Nidra's a writer. And then he tells me, he's like, my granddaughter really wants to meet you. She loves the book. She's read it so many times. It's just, um, I've noticed that the old fashioned way of just, hey, read the book or giving somebody the book, like Another book, my Baltimore imprint, I gave to my supervisor because it's very hard working the night shift. We're doing 16-hour shifts, sometimes longer than that. And so my supervisor just looked like her eyes were just drained from the day. And she did like a double. And so I had the book with me because I was working on some stuff. And so I gave it to her. And I'm like, here, read this. And I look over at her. I gave her the book, Abby, and she could not put the book down. 
it just sounds like you have so much experience already with everything. So I guess we're wondering now is what words of advice do you have for writers who are aspiring to publish? And do you have any like concrete recommendations for products or services or tools that have really worked out well for you in your journey? I think one of the biggest pieces of advice I would give a writer is to focus on the writing itself. Um, one of the things that I've learned during this process is getting so caught up in all the other stuff. It can take away from your process. And sometimes you lose your story. You lose components of your story that you don't mean to. And you kind of drift off into elsewhere. And so I think one of the biggest things is to just focus on your craft because your gift will always make room for you. And I've learned that with all the flaws that I've had and people have still responded a certain way, that failure is a part of success. So don't get caught up in the moments where something flops and it's like, oh my God, I messed up or this has happened because essentially that is a part of the path to success, right? And failure always teaches us those things that we wouldn't have learned if we just got it right every time. And so I think it's very big to just find a process that works for you, stick to it and trust it. Um, don't get caught up in timelines. I used to be the person that said, oh, every year I'm going to do two books and I'm only going to do this. And I really, in my heart, wanted to do more, but it's like nobody else does more. And then I realized that that has nothing to do with me. If I can produce, I'm going to produce. So do your own thing, do your research and don't be afraid to try things. You know, if it doesn't work out, you will always walk away with some some skills and some lessons that will be helpful to you. And essentially you can help somebody else, you know, so they won't have to kind of go down that road. And I always say Ingram as a resource is great. They also have some new things going on that are beneficial to authors because um, there used to be a fee. There is no longer a fee. So you can upload all your titles for free. And they put it on so many different platforms. In about six weeks, your book will be available on Barnes & Noble's online, Amazon. So basically everywhere that you want the book to be, including a lot of other book platforms that you may have never heard of. Um, and essentially, if you call like, you know, um, local retailers and indie publishers and things like um, bookstores and you say, hey, my book is available on Barnes and Nobles and online in these places, it makes it easier for you to get it in their storefront. Um, and it just comes off with another level of like professionalism as a self-published author, because a lot of times people you say self-published and people can get kind of you know, they take a step back and not too sure if they want the book in their stores because it's like everybody is doing it. And I do think that Fiverr is a great resource for people, especially if you don't have a lot of money and, you know, you know, you need things done like book covers and editing. There's always going to be somebody on Fiverr that will fit your price margin, but you also have to be very careful because people will have you pay for things and they deliver. Um, but the good thing with Fiverr is that if somebody is a part of the kind of contractual agreement, if I pay you for a service and it's not for my liking, then I can message you and you have to make the corrections. I know that those are really helpful. It gives people a place to go on the internet to look and take that leap if they've been focusing on the writing, like you said, writing first. Um, so what are the next steps on your journey? What are some of your plans? Um, I think if you ask me what my plans are, it becomes the bag from Mary Poppins where I'm just pulling out and it never stops, <laughs> that kind of thing. But um, I just want to keep writing. Um, I'm Right now, I'm in the process of developing my first audio book. But my overall goal is when I publish a book, I want to publish the audio book at the same time. Um, and that's something that I've been working on. And really, I just want to keep writing and see where it goes. 
Um, in a perfect world, I would only write. Uh, but right now, I'm not at that phase in my life. Right now, I'm working on a publication called The Dale, and it's going to be a series. But it's basically going to um, just basically talk about my life in Orangedale, growing up in Charlottesville, living in Orangedale, and the different things I experienced as a roundaway girl. You know, it's kind of like a coming of age story. It shares all my highs and lows, and it's funny, it's sad, it's, you know, it's real. That's a great segue into the next question, which is really what inspires you to write? You touched on it just a little bit, but really what, like you said, when a story comes to you, you just start writing. So what what really, what sparks that in you? Um, I grew up um, in an environment where there was a lot going on and reading was always like an escape for me. And my, essentially at first I hated reading. And then one summer I went with my dad and my aunt Terry took me to the library. One day she took me out on an outing and we went to run some errands and she took me to the public library. And I had no clue that the public library even existed. I started being interested in reading after that first visit up to the library in that summer. Um, and so then after that, I got into, you know, the James and the Giant Peach, the Narnias, Harry Potter's. But something that I always noticed was that there was nobody in these stories that I could identify with as like, you know, being a person of color. And even as a kid, I always asked myself, why is that so, you know? Um, And I remember just thinking to myself how I thought that was so weird. And so I started kind of as a child, always thinking like, that would be so cool if I could do that. What if I did that, you know? And there's a space for it because it doesn't exist. But what if I could do that? And then I would always kind of go back in my brain like, I can't do that. And then back in 2020, I think it was more so like a mental escape because there were a lot of things happening. I was working 24 hour shifts every other day at my job, going to school full time, being a mom. And I'm essentially stuck at home with a partner that I despise. And I'm just trying to get an escape from this relationship that is just like a volcano and I'm ready to explode internally. And so it's like, what do you do? And then I just kind of started creating these worlds. Basically, I've been laying dormant in my brain. And it was just that self-doubt that was keeping me from tapping in. And once I tapped in, it was just like, okay, we're here and we're not leaving. So let's see what happens. That's awesome. Thank you so much. And now it's time for The Rundown. What are you reading? It's been things that I've already read a billion times. I'm kind of out of the loop with like new stuff. I have purchased some new books. I just haven't had the chance to actually read them. So what are you watching? Do you have any time to watch anything, Nidra? We do family movie night. And I just love watching television. That's one of my ways I bond with my children. But everybody has been attacking me lately because I go and I lay with them and we're ready to watch things. And it just turns out that everything is watching me at some point. But lately, I've been watching a lot of um, anime with my son. He's kind of put me on to that. And so recently, I think the one thing that I was able to stay awake for um, is this anime called Jujitsu Kaizen. Um, And it's there's a movie and there's a series. And so me and my son have been watching that together. Um, My six year old, we are like. Simpsons fans. I've been watching The Simpsons since I was a kid. And so a lot of times during the day when she gets home and she wants to unwind, we've been watching a lot of Simpsons. And how about listening? I listen to a lot of audiobooks. Uh, I also listen to a lot of music. I love Jasmine Sullivan. So I listen to her a lot at work at night. Um, it keeps me up. Um, 
And I like to listen to old stuff. Last night I was listening to the chicks at work. <laughs> Landslide, I that on repeat. And what are you currently learning? I'm a very like secluded kind of person. And so sometimes that makes my interactions with people a little skewed. Sometimes I don't feel comfortable or there's this level of like anxiety that will kick in. And a part of me will feel like I've never communicated with a human in my life because I've been, you know, to myself or work or just not really out and about. And so I think one of the things that I'm learning is just that my people skills are a lot better than what I perceive them to be. Um, you know, and a lot of times perception is reality, but I realize that anxiety can make you kind of see things that are not there. But I'm learning that the more I interact with people, the more I really don't mind. We have a surprise question for you, which is what was the first book that made you cry? The first book that made me cry? I have to say Bridge to Terabithia. That's the first book that made me cry. So I have to give a shout out to Mr. Parks. That was my fourth grade teacher. And I, I hated reading, but I, I really love those stories. But Bridge to Terabithia just broke my little heart. And so I just thought that was so sad. I'm like, oh, why would he want us to read this? You know, and I really got locked into that story. Um, and then when it became a movie, I was just jumping up and down. Wow. That is so funny. That has always been my favorite childhood book, Bridge to Terabithia. It still holds such a special place in my heart. Thank you so much, Nidra, for taking the time today. We really appreciate it. This has been great. You are wonderful. Like you're so inspirational. You make me want to like go and finish all of my books that I have on my computer that I just kind of sit and sit and sit and don't do anything with. So I, this is great. I'm going to use some of your resources <laughs> to see if I can, you know, get that motivation for myself to get going. Thank you, EJ. It's been a just speaking with you all. And I think I have earned me a good nap today. So that is what I'm planning on doing for the rest of the day. I'm off. So I'm going to sleep. My my daughter will be here soon. So we'll probably watch The Simpsons until The Simpsons is watching me. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nidra. Abby, what are you reading? I am reading Invisible Child, Poverty, Survival, and Hope in an American City. It is by Andrea Elliott. And I'm reading Ghost Music by Anne Yu, which is something that I'm calling fungi fiction. Fiction about mushrooms and fungi. Really interesting. What are you watching? I am about to start watching Tour de France Unchained on Netflix. I'm obsessed with that show. I have to jump in and tell you it is the best reality show I've ever watched for sports. Like I've watched a lot of reality show for sports, but I'm a cycling nut and I loved every second of it. I want more. I can't wait till the Tour de France starts on July 1st. I had a biking birthday party multiple years throughout my childhood. It was my dream to be in the Tour de France. So yes, I'm also like a biking enthusiast. And just it's different now that I'm an adult and I'm not in shape like a child. I mean, it is. It's an intense. It's an intense thing to watch, but I highly recommend. Um, Interesting. I just finished that, so I can't really say I'm watching it now. Um. <laughs> But it's a great recommendation. Um, I'm watching a lot of YouTube clips. It seems to be what my attention span can handle lately. And so I've been watching a lot of um, t- 
Taskmaster Clips, which is a show from the UK where uh, different UK celebrities do these kind of really outrageous tasks. And it's a whole thing. But it's really interesting. It's on YouTube. Check it out. That's all I can watch right now. (laughs) That and cycling documentaries. (laughs) And what are you listening to? I am listening to The Grapes of Wrath by John Steinbeck which I'm really enjoying in audio form. It's narrated by Dylan Baker. I think that the audio really takes me to the place so much. There's some music interspliced, the accent of the narrator. So it really brings me there in an immersive way. I'm listening to the discography of a band called Japanese Breakfast. They're kind of this like indie alt band really cool nice vibe really into it the lead singer wrote a memoir last year a couple years ago now crying in h mart if anybody's heard of it so it's on my to be read list but great music and pretty much a great writer she got that gig to write her memoir from a new yorker article that she wrote and publishers just like were banging down her door to get her to write her memoir so got on her that's a fantastic book and i remember I'm interested to listen to the music because I remember you had said that it was really amping up your productivity as well. Like it's fun. It's upbeat. So I'm excited to listen to that music. Yeah. And very like ethereal, I guess, is the best word that I could come up with to describe it. It's just it's just it's just a vibe. It's it's a bop. I'm into I'm into all of it. All right, Abby, what are you learning? Anything new lately? I'm going to take this opportunity to plug our Healthy Living series, which we've had our first meeting yesterday, but we have two more scheduled. In July, we're meeting on July 12th, and on August, we're meeting on August 9th. Both days are from 6 to 7 p.m. This is a great chance to learn about different elements of healthy living. So in July, again, July 12th, we're going to be meeting about creative ways to exercise. And on August 9th, we're going to be meeting about mindfulness and healthy mindset. Again, these are from 6 to 7 p.m., either in person at Central, or you can join us on Zoom. I am brushing up on my French, uh, sort of inspired by the cycling uh, reality show that I watched. Obviously, it's about the Tour de France. So there's a lot of French and I was really trying to pick up on a lot of the words. And so yeah, so I'm, I'm brushing up on that with several apps and using the library database transparent languages um, to help with that. There's an app and you can access it online for free with your library card. And we also just got a bunch of cool stuff in our literacy collection here at Central, some new short stories all in different languages. So I'll probably be picking up the French version of that too to just, you know, see if I can still read a little bit of French. Très bien, mon ami. All right, random question time. Random question time. So we're going to do the same surprise question that we asked Nidra, which is what was the first book that made you cry? So over to you, Abby. I also first cried at Bridge to Terabithia. It's such a heartbreaker for such a young audience. I don't know who can read that book and not cry. But the next book that made me cry was Of Mice and Men by John Steinbeck. And that was 
another. That was a big one. I read that with my mom and my sister. We read that out loud to each other and we were all sniffling and in tears. Oh, wow. I don't, gosh, I don't know if I have like vivid memories of crying over books. I've felt like anger and like thrown books across like rooms because I've been so annoyed or upset at what happened. But I think the first one I got super emotional about that I remember would be Little Women by <laughs> Teresa May Alcott. Um, when Beth dies, I was like, what the heck? And then after that, then the next vivid memory I have of tearing up because of a character death would be in the seventh book of Harry Potter when the Weasley twins get into the trouble they get into. I don't even want to talk about it because it upsets me. They were um, part of my childhood. So yeah, those are the two that that really kind of swing home for me. So yeah, there we go. There's the rundown. Thank you listeners for being a part of this podcast community. We're so happy to have you. We hope you'll join us in taking a moment to thank the friends of the library who generously support this endeavor. If you'd like to learn more or join the friends, you can head to their website at jmrlfriends.org. That's all for us today. We'll be back in two weeks with our next episode. Don't forget, you can get involved on social media or by emailing us at podcast at jmrl.org. Thanks for tuning in. We're glad to be... On the same page.